This episode of the Talking Bit podcast is brought to you in part by Gigamov. Check out www.gigamov.com for all your pop culture news from up-and-coming journalists from all over the globe. That's www.gigamov.com. Episode 11. Welcome, <laughs> brethren. Come on, Cam. Don't leave us dry. Fuck. You two just killed my soul just then. Well, if you are managed well, to endure that, uh, thank you guys for tuning into this episode of Talking Bit. Uh, boys, how are we today? In. Cam is dead. We're good, obviously. We're singing. Cam, what's how's your day? You're not singing, Stereo. so oh, I'm a little little lethargic today, but I'll, I'll make I'll break through. Don't worry, mate. Too many Kit Kats at work. We like the not enough, actually. Maybe that's what <laughs> <laughs> the chalky high but what do we got today so um what's what i'm really excited about is to especially hear uh, from you guys up front is about iem so we're going to be talking about that we're going to be also hitting up quake champions and we're going to look at injustice 2 as well so iem iem uh <laughs> unfortunately i did wasn't able to physically make the event despite it well, being across the water let's look before we get <laughs> into this segment let's get something right here how bad was your throat it must have been absolutely shocking. <laughs> My throat. Yeah, you said you had a you had a sore throat at the time, right? Well, I said I was unwell, but it was more symptoms than just a sore throat. See, guys, we're trying to squeeze Cam because we are going to talk about IEM, and I know he's already burning that he didn't get to go. I am burning. So. It was literally across the water, but I was just so. <laughs> so hit and miss i was like is no point just rocking up and then i just like literally get in there go oh fuck i just want to rest and then head back and shit it's just man that shit didn't the yeah spread the death exactly the death (laughs) didn't leave until last week man it was fucking nightmare um but yeah at least it allowed me to experience the event virtually so um i can actually contribute in that regard because i did make an effort to watch uh the ma- most all the games and the finals which was really good from this perspective but you guys got to be on the floor so kick it off from the top tell us like day one opening time when you walked in what what, what did we what did you see when you walked in it was it was really busy for us we got there a little later um obviously because we were with the guys from immunity so um, we got in a little closer to the game starting and the first thing we saw was just hordes of people, right? So walking into the stadium, there was the uh, Intel VR experience booth right at the front. And there was just so many people, man, which was cool. Straight away, I thought, oh, like, this is fucking cool. This is an awesome, uh, like a big uh, crowd here. So that, that was cool to walk straight into. I... Honestly, we were so busy. I don't even remember what we did next after we walked in. I think mm. we got beers straight away, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Beers, that sounds like a Mar- that's a Marty initiative. <laughs> <there. laughs> but we basically bolted, yeah, as soon as we got in there and found our crew. Yeah, ran up and just went into this auditorium that was just like, holy shit! There's actually a few people here. Jeez. It was. It, it's an. It's enormous. So that was. That was. Uh, pretty sure both our first times. It's definitely my first yeah. time at Kudos Bank. Yeah, mm. my first time. Yeah. It was. It was huge. Yeah. Okay. Like it, it was one of the biggest really venues big. in Sydney. Yeah, and I this, think there's only the, one other that rivals it in size. If you if you watch from the stream, I'm sure you would have seen Cam. But if not, um, you know, guys, look at Google Images. Just Google I am Sydney. The crowd was like it was packed. Like. 
Oh, floor to huge. ceiling. It was absolutely packed. Um, I did find um, from my... Awesome. We'll get into it later, but I did find that the finals had way bigger turnout than the day before from what of I course. could see yeah. virtually. Like there was... You see the camera pan to the yeah. left and you see all these empty seats and it's like, oh, just pan back to the crowd. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they had the left and the right, the very far left and right were like reserved. Yeah. They had all trash crap kept and all this other crap that they were keeping yeah where, that's because that's where they have the curtains and the curtains actually cut off those rows those sections so if you start putting people into those sections and people can slip behind the curtain mm. then that gets <laughs> yeah. sketchy so they always leave those two free if anyone was wondering why they do that um no, that's, that, that makes sense you don't want them to get all fanboy on the players at the back well, there, I mean, there was one guy that did it. There was, yeah, there was one guy that did it, man. One guy. Was it on? Uh, was it on stream? Did you see it, Cam? The dude that ran up and grabbed no. the trophy. No. Oh. Um. I thought I saw something like that. I thought that <laughs> was one part of it. They yeah, must have edited it all well and like, oh, lol, lol, lol. That was uh, yeah. that was a funny little act. That was uh, definitely scripted. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he just ran up and snatched it. Of course, it's Sydney. What do you yeah, expect? Yeah. <laughs> Marty's yeah, just yeah. like, stage, it's just good. We yeah. just there, gritty beer. Really Marty wrong. going, Yep, welcome to Sydney, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty much it. <laughs> the whole crowd started cheering, You are a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the most was, Aussie fucking call ever. It's it, was so a pretty, <laughs> it was a pretty Aussie crowd. Like, even on, uh, it, it, you would have had to have heard it on Twitch. Like, there were a lot of Aussie, Aussie, Aussie chants. Oh, yeah, yeah, a man. Lot. It was nuts. And that, that's, well, that was what, one thing that I loved about it. It was so lively. The spirit of the, like, it's something that you don't see in this way any overseas. You know, Australians have their own way of just loving, mm, like, um, showing their spirit of um, love of sports. And that's what yeah. you saw here. And that is obviously what I hope drives more what esports else? to come here. What else had some really awesome crowds? I know uh, Sao Paulo did when they when they when ESL Probably first took it to um, the whole time took it to Brazil. <laughs> yeah, they were they were really into it. The Brazilian guys, bro, they're they on point with those though. waves, eh? Yeah, they <laughs> yeah. always you, go you, hard, man. And you Brazilian fuck up that fans. wave, man. They're upset. They get upset. The Mexican wave. Yeah, yeah they take it. They take, they take it serious. <laughs> they <get> it. <laughs> they're like, they don't want you watching the match. They want you watching the wave. It's just coming. Um, Come on, Jose! Yeah, I don't know. There, there have been some really good crowds, alone and stuff. <laughs> so, uh, it, it was cool to see Sydney really, really fit in like that. It was bizarre to be there and present. Like it, yeah. it was very surreal. Especially the finals. How did it perform statistically? Sold out yeah, tickets great. or? I'm, yeah, I think it was. I think the numbers are out now. It was like seven to eight thousand people a day going into there. Um, mm -hmm. Eight million people watched it on Twitch. Um, eight million! Wow. Yeah, it, it was. It, it was really good. Like it, it was really wow. good. I'm pretty sure I remember Carmack tweeting that it was the most uh, successful, fully ticketed IEM so far, which would you know put it second to. Katowice so That's yeah pretty, pre pretty cool. good and it was a sweet <laughs> final too like it, the, mm. the matches were fucking good yeah it was SK played out of their mind falling his back <laughs> SK back man falling his back so what happened um on the floor before you actually went through to the the stadium well you said those just boots was there any worth mentioning I know Marty was into the snapchat one but anything beyond that <laughs> 
Um, I got so many selfies. <laughs> there were a lot of booths. There was a huge, there was a huge um, ESL merch stand. They sold out early quick, as usual. They had the community stages there where they were doing Rocket League and League of Legends as well. Um, they had a full sponsor hall. Uh, it was there, there was quite a lot to do on the floor. Um, HyperX had people signing. <clears throat> Lenovo had people signing. Um, so there was lots of signings <laughs> going on. Yeah. <laughs> Community stages downstairs. Intel, yeah, there, NVIDIA, there, there was a lot going Razor, on. Of course, any brands like that. I think Intel would have been there. Yeah, of course. Sure. In <laughs> <laughs> yep, in Intel were definitely there. Um, SteelSeries, so, right? <laughs> Gigabyte, uh, Lenovo, yeah, obviously Kingston. Um, nice, I believe nice. ViewSonic. I don't know. I mm. we honestly didn't spend that much time in the in the exhibition yep. halls where they were. Like it was, it was so. So what did you spend your time busy. doing? Were you just straight into the hall, just sit down, chill out, grab some beers, and just sit and wait for the games, or talking? Really, yeah. our group, yeah. our group was huge, man. Our group was enormous. Um, Model liaising. <laughs> minus, minus one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so a, a lot of that, a lot of just fucking, uh, honestly, trying to find people and get back into the stadium. And yeah, we had we had a big group. So did you go a wall at any time, Marty? Mm, no, I don't think so. Oh, I was, you, was pretty. You had yeah, to you you were follow pretty, the shepherd well. <laughs> pretty well behaved this time. Right? Yeah, I was shepherded well. <laughs> yeah, he, I stayed with the flock. <laughs> he just floated about and joined it. Just had the meat dog in the back. <laughs> Marty just. That's good though. So how did it how was the um how was the presentation from your end when you were sitting in the chairs watching the matches? Like was it easily visible, easily um you could hear it, you know, the audio was all fine and all that. Yeah, dude, we sat out like literally probably the back of the stadium. Like, we were in the nosebleed pretty last. much the whole time. Uh, yeah. yeah. It was pretty perfect. much the whole weekend. And it was awesome, yeah. So basically uh, they had above kind of the, the middle section, they had a bunch of TVs mounted there um, in three directions and then two more above again, I think. Mm -hmm. it, I'm probably remembering that wrong, but enough TVs, right? Um, even then, you could still see the stage pretty well from mm -hmm. up in the nosebleeds. And honestly, we were just going on the nosebleeds because we had so many people to fit in. And this enormous, attentive IEM crowd ate up all the good ones. They were, yeah, they didn't let them up at all. It was, yeah, it was cool. The crowd was full on. It was yeah, the, twi the Twitch presentation was great. It was smooth. It was clean. Um, there was no, barely any hiccups with the stream or anything, which was great. So a good testament to our internet here that I actually held up for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. But these guys, they have like, freaking corporate business lines they're running like you know 10 freaking connections in instead of just one like we do at home but um yeah it was great from that regard like it like as you'd expect it it was completely professional high grade quality uh presentation and broadcast online as well which was really really good and it felt like um the crowd was freaking loving it from what yeah. we could see they were just going nuts anytime they're on camera people were just doing the weirdest shit um <laughs> shoeys the, the amount of shoeys was oh, impressive fucking shoeys. Mm. <laughs> that's what, what everyone, the culture to you, man? that's the, the worst theme that everyone took that's what they took away from us from sydney is shoeys mm, <laughs> i yeah. am sydney yeah, hashtag shoe sure. yeah. <laughs> aussies aussies love drinking piss out their shoes <laughs> <Shoe. laughs> <Fuck. laughs> 
<laughs> and I love it. They're asking the host and stuff. They're like, you're going to do shoey? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do one. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm an Aussie, mate. I'll do a shoey. Oh, yeah. The amount of shoeys is Some impressive. guy at the back. No, oh, I got a shoe you can borrow me, love. <laughs> I got a Healy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a wingtip back home if you want. I'll call the shield oh, and bring yeah. it down. <laughs> Getting the high top stint. Yeah. It's like a bit of half liter in there. <laughs> they would too. That's the messed up part. But again, it comes back to the spirit, man. They're like, they're just, there's no shame. There's no, um, nothing. It's just pure Aussie pride. Just purely make this event their own, you know? Yeah. Just like Aussies love our cricket and our footy. You can, yeah. exactly the same passion came through to esports. Exactly Which was the awesome. Same. It wasn't like a case of, um, just having everyone just like huddle in and just sit down and freaking all quiet mm. and shit. Just be like, antisocial just, and be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> am, I, am I allowed to cheer? Just check. Yeah, is this that a little bit too loud? <laughs> <laughs> Which was great. It just looked like it looked like a ball. It looked like going to any yeah, concert yeah. event, anything that anything that I'd expect to have gone to at that stadium. And I've been there a couple of times for other events. It just felt like that type of level of production, that mm. type of level of. Um, engagement everything it was just exact same which was awesome yeah you gotta get Aussies definitely won it yeah and apparently getting it right correct yeah the correct the crowd the crowd showed you know the crowd showed themselves pretty well um yeah it's confirmed i i believe i haven't heard anything say that it, that it isn't after it was reported that hmm. um i am sydney is uh, now a permanent stop on the calendar so there will be one in 2018 Damn, that's awesome. Um, even if it's not confirmed, I feel like it's really hard to not justify it. Like the event did really well. The guys at ESL Australia knocked it out of the park. Um, Intel and all the Intel correspondents obviously knocked it out of the park. Like it was a really good event. Why? You, there's no reason you wouldn't bring it back there. The the players enjoyed it. The casters enjoyed it. The analysts enjoyed it. Um, all the, the talent enjoyed it. enjoyed it yeah the crowd enjoyed it the, t the, the money teams. enjoyed it obviously <laughs> yeah <laughs> flowed in <laughs> it, it was it was a really legit event so i don't uh, yeah i don't see any reason they wouldn't bring it back that's mm. good it's that's an exotic good. spot for them as well mm. yeah and they yeah. travel all around the world why not sydney as well well uh, even for them visiting to think the venue is in the middle of the olympic grounds you know so mm. even for them mm -hmm. it'd be like an awesome experience staying there and stuff mm not just being dumped in the middle of an industrial city or something. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> just have something like, move out of the way, the cold truck come through. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the matches? Nate, you, you would, you would have been stoked about seeing these teams come here and seeing them like literally like <laughs> a, a meters away from you. Like he's right there. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, I'm not like a crazy fangirl, but of course it was cool. It's um, it's always cool to just realize that, yeah, this guy is legitimately one of the, if not the best player in the world. And there he is standing there right there. It was, human. it was the best part of IM to me was how good the actual quality of the matches were. Like th mm -hmm. there were some really good performances and, and to see SK uh, where they are again uh, to, to kind of kickstart off really at cs summit but to then uh boot it back with iem sydney it was it was cool it was cool to be a part of that because that's uh that's something in you know C cs history timeline that that is owned by iem sydney now it was a really good way to start it success like that games like that um you know the feedback that that they're getting it's 
it all it all ties together and the games being really good is important to that also if the games were dog shit and everyone came over and said oh you know uh, flying 20 to 28 hours or whatever flights we got to australia is fucked and uh, we're all too jet lagged and mm. you know that's why we played shit then that would be really bad but it was it was a super legit tournament in in production and um actual quality that came from it so yeah it was that's how the was games there, were was there any players that uh, stood out for you particularly that stood out keo from phase but he you know he, he's been looking good for a long time i kind of did want phase to win it because i think like they've got a really explosive cool style of game right now that uh deserves the spot that they currently are mm-hmm. um god fallen though you, you you can't stop that and i, yeah. I don't think you win ham it's the, the way SK win games and how disciplined they are makes it the best CS to watch. Like, it, it really is the best yeah. CS to watch. So I, I could say, look, Phelps or even Fur was, you know, absolutely dynamite that tournament, but the entire SK performance was so good. Like, Taco mm-hmm. picking up the AWP, um, knocking it out of the park. So there's a triple threat of AWPers on that side. They show their versatility. It was a real big flex um yeah sk you you're never disappointed watching them and it was great to see because you could clearly see what it was about sk they completely um just dominated phase in the end um that that's what i loved like someone like me who's not a heavy cs esports fan or a follower of it i could also easily uh distinguish different traits in the teams and um different uh players abilities or even just like yeah their, their own little style and whatnot which was really awesome to see especially watching like phase take on astralis and then move on to sk and just see the complete dynamic shift in that depending <laughs> on what their strength was yeah. like they almost the biggest strength against astralis became the biggest weakness against sk in the final that's how i felt it came across yeah for sure it's that it's that chaotic style that they can do right now where they can go to set to on the fly really turning up the pace and creating a lot of chaos but yeah, SK is so disciplined. Everyone struggles to do that against them. Um, mm-hmm. And then you get to watch, you know, great leaders like uh, Carrigan adapt. And while Astralis was still in Glaive, and it's yeah, super legit tournament, right? You you could sit here and talk about these games for fucking hours. Mm-hmm. Marty, I'll anyone stand up here? Look, for me, it was fur. Fur just did so much fucking beautiful work for me. It was more of the quiet achiever for me. Like he was constantly giving so much info to his team, letting them know exactly which angles to look and to cover, where not to bother about wasting any of their time and effort. Like for me, he was the real silent achiever. You love your supporters. You love your supporters. (laughs) You love him. You love the one that that you love that little silent foundation guy (laughs) that's in the corner there doing all this stuff. No one's watching. Everyone's yeah, watching here. It's like it's like the typical magic trick with the the uh, distraction over here. It's like look here, look here, and this guy's like <laughs> setting everything oh, up. Oh, I've got to look over there. <laughs> but for me, I really wanted to see Nico turn up. I felt like you know, he did. He didn't did. do bad, he did at but times. I, I didn't feel like he really showed up. There was one. There was one game in the finals where he absolutely was like it's crazy isn't it because some of the things that nico can and will do mm-hmm. because he's nico you come to expect more because you know his <laughs> skill ceiling is so fucking high so like in some of those games in the final he was absolutely keeping phase in like single-handedly mm-hmm. he was winning 1v4s um you know 
busting out that freak game sense that he has, keeping them in it. But you expect more because it's Nico. You expect something just completely fucking bonkers. So yeah. um, the the sad thing is they needed something bonkers to get out of that. When when SK were, were um, really swinging, they got their grips in deep, they couldn't break it. It was so hard. And then you had that glorious overpass game where it was just literally win-loss, 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 like back, mm-hmm. forth, back, forth, back, forth. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. The last game of the finals? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, overpass. Yeah, that was the, that was the yeah. final one, the final map, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was overpass. So, yeah, that's, that. yeah, cra- crazy games, crazy tournament. Um, you know, we could... And it was nice, it was a final comment, sorry to cut you off, it was nice seeing the Aussies knock north out. <clears throat> like, at least we didn't just go there and get demolished and booted out. Like an at least we knocked out a European <laughs> yeah. in our house with us. So like, hey, you're coming with us. You yeah. <laughs> I I honestly, as as much as I, you know, I really like that. I it was, it was the victory over Renegades that, yeah, that just made me happy for the Chiefs guys. That was dominance. Hmm. That was dominance. That was dominance by them. And I think a, a a real big foot to the foot to the floor in terms of hey, you know, Oz CS back home is still kicking. Mm-hmm. Well, when you take out North, they're not exactly a small team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I mean, that, that's, not to, that's not to kind of, um, you know, put miners down or, you know, other competitions, Mountain Dew League, etc. That's not to kind of sway their relevance, but it, it yeah. is just nice to have two Aussie teams clash at a big tournament like that mm. and have, um, have really the underdog ring the bell of the other. It's just, to me, it signals healthy competition um, and, and a lot of talent that's still bubbling here in the local region. So that's why it's cool. Well, hopefully me. it raised a few international eyebrows at the same time too, that may have not had the chance to see that potential. Yeah, exactly. Contracts coming, you reckon? Hmm. Overseas I transfers? So. I think so. Uh, I, think, I think it's, I think it's a, it's, it's something that has to be done just because if you're going to host a tournament like that year on year here, in sydney you need to build competition here so there needs to be some infrastructure built around that i think it's something well, that has to be done it wasn't it, it really wasn't that long ago that uh thorin was actually talking about you know t- uh, teams like that c- could look at poaching stars from from au and likewise au from uh from na as mm. the as the money rises um but i i think there are a lot of candidates down here that could do really well um in you know entry level and even you know some tier one na teams um so i i don't think it will be that long before people start getting offers and you know leaving aussie shores for international opportunities i think that's i think honestly you'll see a few of them uh this year even good i think that's what we need we need to brew up some top tier competition here and proving that there is some sort of competitive level here to take on that is important. I think for me, probably, um, it's probably an obvious choice for someone that knows these teams, but for someone coming freshly in and actually trying to engage in a full tournament like this, Cold Zero stood out for me. Um, But like I said, see Nate's already nodding because he's like, yep, that's a given. But that just, I guess that that just proves testament to um, his, how good he is, right? Well, yeah, well, what he was voted the best esports player in the world um, last year. <laughs> um, and w- when you talk about 
teams like FaZe and SK going up. You would have heard it multiple times on stream or at IEM Sydney if you were there. Um, they talk about the battle between Cold Zero and Nico, these two guys mm -hmm. who really are constantly in dispute at the moment for the number one spot in the world, like absolute superstars of the game, um, legends of the game right now. So uh, it, it wouldn't have surprised me if you said Nico or Cold Zero, which is yeah why I was nodding my head because they're both they're both absolute freaks. Yeah, it was just it was just it was almost art watching them play. At, at times, you just you just see them. You're just like wow, like you that, just playing that so well, like everything was thought out. That is why uh, why I said that SK playing that form of CS is the most entertaining to watch because yep. they are so disciplined, they're so sharp, so they're structured. so crisp underneath falling. Yeah, the structure is so deep that uh, usually they are making things look absolutely perfect. Mm -hmm. So it it's it's entertaining for us. Yeah. I wouldn't want to. I'm always play I've always been a, a person who. I'm attracted to a team that's disciplined, a team that's structured, and you just see that um, synergy between the players, uh, as opposed to, I wouldn't be attracted to a team like FaZe, let's say, who is less disciplined in terms of synergy, and they're more like you got like a superstar stack team, whereas you don't mm -hmm. see them work together as well as SKR, and that's what I think, I think that's what ultimately why FaZe got dominated by SK in the finals, because of that reason, you could just see the structure um over overtook the uh the whole like lone star um the lone wolf superstar roster well that's, that, that's like. the thing with when you know phase is even a bit of a difficult team to talk about because carrigan is such a uh, such a versatile shot caller that that team can try and play very aim heavy um mm -hmm. and, and to their to their strengths uh when it comes to 1v1s or they can be very tactical and set and mm -hmm. it's really how frequently they switch between those when um if they time it right and read it right uh, and it, it can give teams like sk trouble if, if you look at sk uh having trouble with a few chinese teams in the past when they've managed to make it through minors or um you know regional or remote tournaments where they've managed to make it in they've had trouble with asian teams um, a few times and that's because of how wild and aim heavy mm. they play so it, it can work and you know phase winning star ladder they really show that that really aim heavy dominant uh willing to take 1v1s a lot of confidence that that real raw aim style of winning is still a thing but yeah it, when you see sk shut out like that that's what i mean it looks so dominating it, yeah. it's yeah and that was that was They're um disgusting your team well yeah, disciplined. exactly and that that was why it was such a um like coming back to your original point that it was it's just such great quality games being played because you saw where that worked to a strength against Australis, and then you took it to the finals and you saw how that played into a weakness against sk yeah. in this tournament particularly and being able to just so clearly read that just added that whole new layer of entertainment to the tournament well, which was great i mean an, another thing that really helped im sydney was you know f four teams there were in the top 10 in the world um <laughs> so literally half the tournament is stacked with absolutely brilliant teams so mm -hmm. you were you were always expecting to get some yeah some pretty stellar games there as yeah. well as you know decent upset potential too so what else uh what else took place at the IEM weekend was um beyond the actual event was there any after event stuff going on and 
tell us a bit about that because unfortunately, you know, I missed that. So <laughs> we sick to hear what you guys got up to. You missed the Twitch party, man. That must the Twitch party. That that would probably see more party. than I am almost. I was twitching, don't. I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the so, Twitch uh, party. Was... The ribs were good. The ribs party, fucking. They were handing out the ribs. ribs. Yeah. They were handing out. They were handing out ribs. What? There was a guy yeah. just there going, "Yeah, well, for you, mate." And Quite thing. literally, yeah, with a tissue in the yeah, other hand. Yeah, what? Tissues and ribs. Plate wow. of ribs and that's, tissues. That's Aussie as fuck. <laughs> yeah, they had ribs. They had pies, sausage rolls. Um, of course, they did. Like little canapes. Yeah, Please tell me you standard. asked if the pies were four and twenty. <laughs> I think they're patties, actually. <laughs> real good catering. If the guys from t Twitch watch this, the catering was good. And yeah, nice. Marty fucking yeah. loved the ribs, mate. Like, he yeah. loved them. Give us some ANZ Stadium ribs. <laughs> that shit was legit. <laughs> How many did you down? Oh, we had seven or six. Seven, seven. nice. Someone's Someone got a whole rack in there. He was loving it, man. He was. Where's the rib, oh, Was he on a he was, was just patrolling around. Yeah. Patrolling. Every, <laughs> he, he almost sniffed it out every time. He's like, whoosh, just whips his head over. Awesome. Oh, I'll be back. <laughs> Should have said to him, keep him coming, on. mate. Yeah. That's my rib sense. That's awesome. What else went down? So, where was the party held? ANZ. Yeah, it was ANZ Stadium. It was. It's fucking really good in man. a room or like in the actual stadium literally in the stadium what like in the it, center of the fucking stadium yeah no like not in, in the center like yeah, you... the second and third oh okay it was it was in like a like a venue um, oh, okay. inside the yeah. stadium but from the back bit of where the party was you were literally on a big balcony like looking over the ground oh, it, was, <laughs> it was fucking cool when you said that i i thought you were actually on the the field out like the middle of the freaking stadium kicking grass field goals so and kick eating ribs at the same time nah, grass is more important than a thousand nerds yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like don't get on the fucking grass mate yeah. 100 comes by and they block the yeah all these fancy lights set up to keep it growing nice tune and check yeah they did so yeah. just a scientist going down there every now and then checking yeah probably writing down notes yeah, they <laughs> would be man they gotta read right levels are yeah, adequate <laughs> <laughs> nitrogen levels <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so what it was just like a big um socializing event yeah yeah basically yeah. free food free piss for like five hours wow and probably about eight i don't know, I don't know maybe five six hundred people or and they opened it up to the public uh, yeah it was okay yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, like it, was it was open enough to the public. If you had like some sort of source to get that message to yeah. your inbox, yeah, then yeah, it was open to the public. Yes, yeah, so yeah. So it's not... yeah, if you were if you were on the invite list, it was um, it was easier. And you're already on there. Yeah, I got these guys on because um, obviously we were with them on the weekend, mm -hmm. um, and obviously I had VIP through Twitch. Mm -hmm. Again, guys, if you're watching it, thank you um, through Immunity nice well look at that freaking anything can go down after the finals or was that it, it was like well finals over here's the trophy get the fuck out because <laughs> that's what yeah. it felt like man it was just like <laughs> well they've won <laughs> cutting the stream <laughs> yeah well they they did their they did their henry g segment which was fucking awesome um and then yeah they wrapped it up you know they had to they had to pack down that whole thing that night so yeah. um they had a lot of work ahead of them but you know the the players you know went and did whatever the hell they wanted there was no 
the party was the night before because of the work they had of to course. do so yeah yeah it was just it was just funny how quickly it just wrapped up like the game was over they like hand the trophy and just <laughs> get yeah. out come on come on come on <laughs> yeah. well, yeah. coming on like clean. it was already, <laughs> already, <laughs> already eight, eight, yeah. so. <laughs> it would have been what eight or so mm. when the game finished sometime around then so so yeah. at, at the end of all of it do you think it was worth the ticket price fuck yeah. yeah 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 well there you go yeah. that was simple it was actually probably like a pretty decent price yeah Hmm. and that was um they gave you actually three days access though didn't it only two yeah. uh well no it gave you two it gave okay. you two and you know the, the premium show bag and stuff yeah. oh what's in the show bag uh <laughs> there was and no there was the e there was the i am sydney jersey from blk really good um yeah. there was the i am sydney stubby holder um fuck there's something else i can't remember oh. yeah there it is <laughs> he's not gonna wear that because it says sydney on it <laughs> it's white and blue and says sydney that's yeah. definitely for the wall <laughs> here he comes you, you know you're never gonna wear that because it says sydney on the front right <laughs> yeah i'm surprised you actually scratch <laughs> there <laughs> like velvet with like the opera <laughs> <laughs> and you got your laser right the whole words it's just m-e-l-b yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and write your name on the back <laughs> no nah, but it'd be sick I'll for you to get that you should have gotten assigned but if you ran into anyone <sighs> fuck get nate, to, get, get nate to sign it freaking manager of immunity there you go that's a good start <laughs> that is the <laughs> fucking <laughs> gay that's the fucking gayest soul signature <laughs> 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 Just one sig of a manager. Yeah, that's it. You never know; it might be worth something in in a couple. I'm of more years. of a fan of the background work that goes into the yeah. for the actual players. Yeah. <laughs> Just Jesus. one signature from Nate. Um. So yeah, that was that was I am Sydney, man. It's fantastic. Definitely worth your time next year and or anyone's time. Back. And yeah, it's you, coming you, back, which is pink. don't don't get fucking sick next time, Jesus. Because <laughs> uh, I chose to get sick. It's like <laughs> I, I think I'll uh, get sick. Well, sleep. next year <laughs> you are gonna choose. I'm just gonna <laughs> drag myself out in the just a corpse bag. Just, just come spread the plague. The <laughs> yeah, <laughs> someone else did. There was like a lot of sickness. Oh, just have all your CS. Imagine just having me stand in the middle of that Twitch party. Oh, can you pass us a sausage roll? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it's all over the plate. Yeah. It always happens at cons, man. The con crush. Like, yeah. Right, nah, it's awesome, and like already they've announced um other esports events coming here. Like Overwatch has got one coming up really soon. Mm -hmm. The qualifiers, Beautiful isn't it? World Cup qualifiers, yeah. Yeah, so you're already oh, seeing some Sydney build again. up, and I'm yeah. pretty sure they're waiting to see how IEM went before they drop that. Probably, because they haven't announced yeah. anything about venues and shit yet. I'm assuming it's going to be probably same venue, but. Yeah, that it's not shit. it's not far it's not that far away is it i thought it was pretty close to taking place it is june, it's like july, june july man <laughs> they haven't said shit yeah that's whack it is but the teams that are coming are pretty pretty awesome the ones the from au yeah um, oh yeah the, the groups that we have yeah 
like I thought we just get like a lot of countries that are in proximity but we isn't Finland one of them yeah Finland's one of them Finland um, do I remember Japan yeah Japan I think Vietnam Australia obviously and is there Where two is more it? I'll bring it up here but yeah that's going to be exciting All to right, um, have that here Sweden Australia Italy Portugal for group C group D's Finland Japan Spain Vietnam so those two yeah Sweden Australia's Finland Japan Spain all pretty damn strong teams yeah as long as as Australia doesn't choose the army of YouTubers again (laughs) oh yeah army (laughs) and then a Zenyatta main to play Winston (laughs) (laughs) the payload payload Uh, but moving well, on from uh, IEM, Quake Champions. So Quake Champions. Uh, you shoot us back. You oh, start this time. Me. Yeah. Oh. Okay. We, I, we've all played a little bit just to just to have. preface this. I've I've probably played the most. You have played the most, hands down. I've always been a lover of Unreal Tournament. Um, when back in the arena shooter days, uh, I veered towards that more than I did to Quake although they were you know quite from a casual perspective they're all quite similar in their regard obviously when you got competitive it changed a lot but um that's why i was welcoming a new like an, an arena shooter that is aiming to heavily revitalize that and actually taking an original existing ip not creating a whole new one and going arena shooters are back and then throwing yeah. that out there to everyone yeah. <laughs> so it was really good to to jump into that and I think the one thing that was great initially with this, so I'll start with the good points from my perspective, was it was familiar. You walked in and it was instantly familiar. It wasn't, this is Quake 2017 and it's all different and we're going to put in all new shit and completely change what you knew about Quake. You just had that accessibility up front instantly. You saw weapons, you knew what they were. You're like, oh yeah, I know how that one works. There were some things that changed around to make the game new and added layers, but initially from the get-go there was that awesome familiarity which means i could get into a game and instantly actually put some effort in and, and go oh cool yeah. i can actually do something you know i just jumped into it which was great in that regard you had a lot of familiar um characters and whatnot like so the marine the that you start with is essentially the marine from quake mm. um further to that uh, i like that it kept the core feeling of an arena shooter it was it was sped up they didn't go with like your what yeah. you what speed you go expect from a shooter nowadays you were just like full speed like if you stopped you're dead basically there's no way they could have though like that would have been absolute fucking sacrilege for for a quake <laughs> game if they had done that slowed it down yeah for sure yeah yeah so that was good in that regard um i felt though uh, as you kept playing you probably started to start seeing some of the holes in it and i'm not sure well the before i get into the payment model which is an absolute piece of shit i will be back in one second <laughs> yeah see nate's already preparing for the payment model, <laughs> it's a payment model. Jesus, i'm out of here remind me yeah. when you're done talking about that exactly um yeah for me the main thing with that is is um I th- what I felt like with a game like Quake, you, you can't do much beyond your improve your aim. So once you've <clears throat> mastered your aim, there's very little where you can go from beyond that, apart from it's just a typical, you know, master the map and all that. But like if, if you're comparing to a game like Halo, which is a similar arena shooter in that regard, where you can mm-hmm. use things like meleeing and uh, you've got um, 
different things to change up your game, like grenades and all. Whereas in Quake, it's purely just a gun and you. And Is that was Destiny it. an arena shooter? It probably falls more towards Halo than anything. Because yeah, it is in that regard. Um, it is more an arena shooter than like a COD, a Twitch shooter, or anything yeah. like that. But you you got the same aspect in that where you got your grenades, you got your superpowers, you've got different gun types that uh, will like you know can almost make aim point uh, make aim useless or make aim not as um, important. So I think with with Quake, the layer beyond you got the superpower, but then you've got just aim. And you've got just the gun and you go, okay, now I've got my aim down pat. How do I improve my game from here? And you it's, very, like, it's very raw like that, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? To, like yeah. you've got the you've got you you've got the way that your hero moves, whatever their ability is and passives, they're set. And that's it. You know, they don't change, you can't customize them. So you've got that, you've got your guns, um, and you've got movement, which I think I said at the start. So mm. it, it's a really raw game. It's very raw and I think gamers have come to expect more beyond that just because of the way that the industry has cultivated them. So it's going to be a bit of a struggle to get this uh, game to really have longevity because of that. Because once you get that whole, you know, you get, it's either aim or you can't aim or you can aim. And if you can't aim, pretty much you're going to go, oh, we'll screw this game, right? Yeah. It's not like Overwatch where it's forgiving. you got characters that compensate for shit aim or something like that. <laughs> yeah. um, Play so, so yeah i think in that regard that's where the game might is going to suffer a bit um the payment model is absolute pile of shit and the gating of yeah, so much content like, i look i'm gonna i'm gonna go off a little bit yeah, here when i first saw fucking quake champions i what was that was that at the fallout the original one of the original fallout streams or like the bethesda conference when they announced fallout i'm pretty sure they announced mm. quake champions at the same like time two years I, ago e3 or something yeah when look whenever it was i saw that and i said to myself quake champions can probably be good but bethesda will fucking cake it somehow they will absolutely cake it somehow and this is it guys bethesda if you're listening to this this is where you fucking caked it the pay model is bullshit like i, I know i was out of the room for the conversation about the game i actually really like the game like i've sunk a heap of time into it really clicks with me but damn fuck you bethesda like this payment model is just bullshit like th this is the same uh ubisoft fucking th this is where every major publisher gets into trouble with pay models like this mm -hmm. it's dude and, i, I and don't they're all, get they're I, all guilty activision ea ubisoft but you guys are all guilty of this them. shit <laughs> and it's it's crazy you all think you're a mobile game followed him into the bin like th this was a free-to-play game that obviously a lot of work has been done mm -hmm. on um, the, the initial reviews in terms of how the game plays and, you know, how it is mechanically have been really good. How did you fuck the pay model up so bad? So anyway, it's, it's another, it's an injustice too. It's whatever it is, guys, if you don't know it, it's, you have to buy shaders. Um, you have to pay a, a real money premium currency to buy heroes. Short of that, you can use your in-game currency not to buy them. You can't actually use your playtime to buy the hero. You can fucking rent them for a day until you <laughs> oh. until you can be bothered getting a fiver out of your wallet. That's to like buy renting one. games, man. That's just pointless <laughs> yeah, nowadays. It is. You rent heroes. <laughs> yep, here you go, mate. You can rent Sawlag uh, for 24 so, hours like it's a fucking new so release. So does that mean blockbuster. they rent my currency so I get my currency back after a day nah. as well? <laughs> nah, nah mate. Cool well. Yeah, this is, this is full Soviet Quake Champions. Like. Soviet Quake Champions. Oh, More like Video Easy Quake Champions. Yeah. <laughs> 
It is. It's Blockbuster Quake Champions. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Make sure you swipe your Blockbuster member card when you hold the character. And even worse than that, they've got a. They've got like. I don't know if you guys played Black Desert, but there's you know that cash cash shop model now where um, there's kind of like an in between the the currency you get for playing the game and the premium mm. currency. It's kind of like a like a semi premium currency that can be used for crafting uh, gear and shit like that, uh-huh. cosmetic things. So they've got one of them which kind of takes off of a really bad uh, like Overwatch or Blizzard loot system where yeah. if you get a duplicate, you get like 10 of this currency, but to yeah. buy a, to buy, you know, an Epic piece of armor is like five to eight times that despite if you get, get yeah. it twice, you know, you'll get a tenner. So it's, it's like dusting cards in Hearthstone. <laughs> yes. That, that, yeah. It's a real, it's a real Blizzard pay model. So yeah, I don't, I, I don't know how they fucked it up so badly, but here I, we go again. And this is where they is. will struggle. And what they, this, what I, like, I don't understand why they just don't take a look at, like, for example, Dota 2. Just go cosmetic. That's all. We're happy to pay for cosmetics, but just keep cosmetics, if you want, pay gated and make sure all the functional shit is obtainable through the game. Because this whole bullshit where the actual functional stuff and the actual stuff that will affect the game or affect the player's skill is gated behind i mean jesus christ the the currency that you make for playing a game your steel in for honor or your your rp in league or whatever fucking game it is everyone has one whatever your currency is for playing in a game you should be able to use that to permanently unlock heroes not rent them for a day (laughs) exactly rent them for a day (laughs) like that's really fun system it's it's ridiculous it's just crazy it's supposed to be getting better, but it feels like it's getting worse. It's not. Like, unfortunately, uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. A lot of other people will think it, but Bethesda's glory days, I think, are fucking behind them. Like, uh, that that's how it feels to me. This is like mm. another, uh, you know, another, yep, we're, uh, we're really going down the rabbit hole here, guys. You know, uh, God, I can't remember their name right now. That's so bad of me. The guys who made uh, Prey, Arcane. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Dishonored, right? They're absolutely brilliant games. Um, Bethesda being the publisher, I don't... Bethesda is starting to have that um, that 2008 EA sheen. They're starting to get a bit of that now, I think. Um, and it's not... It really doesn't resonate well with me. I didn't think anything of Fallout 4 at all. Obviously, Prey and Dishonored 2 did very well, but again, um, Arcane responsible there. Um yeah, I I don't know, man. I feel you. I feel you. Bro. And and the the sad thing about that is, I I think Quake had a very good chance. Aside from that, um, it's, it's a I shame. Think really it's gonna a shame. struggle because I of would it. have rather pay up front for the game, have everything obtainable through it, instead of this the shitty play it if you like it, spend some money because you always end up spending more than the copy of the game anyway. You, you know the other thing that really shits me Marty have... and Dota 2 will know firsthand. Mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah we didn't <laughs> need another launcher either <laughs> what was that we didn't need another launcher either maybe it doesn't bother oh, you guys Jesus as much as it Christ. bothers me but e- even steam is a steam, fucking pain steam you take like enough that. of my resources for me to have to deal with another launcher yeah I think the only launcher that i actually don't mind is battlenet yeah, I, don't know. It's fine. I think maybe because the, the amount of 
like the, sto- the store's pretty shit. I think it's just because there's the amount of games and it are minimal. That's probably why. So when you go to Origin or the UB Play or you go to Steam, you use freaking like hammered. Um, Honestly, I, I feel like I feel the. I think the only reason I can stand um, what is it? It's now Blizzard Launcher. It's not Battle.net anymore. Um, the only reason I could stand Battle.net was because it was Battle.net. It was the mm. evolution of Battle.net, and realistically, Battle.net was the first service we were using like that. So yep. I think that's the only way it got a you know it got a free pass for me. Um, GOG, obviously, they they're the best store to me at least. DRM free, um, you know, ran, uh, owned by is it owned by CDPR or by uh, one of their shareholders or something. Um, or their parent company um really good launcher steam unfortunately the nails are in too deep origin mm-hmm. uh Uplay, um bethesda launch now yeah. origin's better than they it was because it was absolute pile of crap when it came out it's better oh, but it's man. still we bad. played battlefield <laughs> one together that it's thing is a bad. piece of shit it's still bad. i think it sucks I'm just giving credit where credit's due. It's better, but you, you know, it's like a gold turd now. It just it originally was just pure I would, turd. I, I wouldn't even call it or a gold bronze man. turd. I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't even call it bronze. I would just say it's dried out a little. <laughs> it's gone white like a dog's poo. The smells. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's smells yeah, yeah, that's it. Come out. A few cracks yeah, so, in it and stuff. Yeah, that's where origin Crips. is piece of junk so anyway I, i'm not going to give bethesda a knock getting points for that yeah um, so then you really need i think the payment model is, is really going to be the death of it it's just it's just insane well, how much they're gaining the, behind it i guess you'll see pretty shortly now that the you know the free unreal tournament really the the major competition yep. to this game is just around the corner as well and so they're watching they are watching to see what they should not do mm-hmm. because yeah. like look the game on its own is not strong enough to support a, a model like that. You know, yeah, no. No, it's no not way. strong enough. It's not a game like, needless I say, something with a following like, let's say, Halo or something that if they pulled that bullshit, you'd get the shits, but you'd be like, the game, people will still spend the money. But this game hasn't got a, a strong enough foundation in the core game to be able to support the payment model so mm. aggressive. I mean, the real Quake fan base, they're all like, 40 now exactly, <laughs> plus they're planning for their retirement and shit they don't want to put yeah, their money towards this exactly <laughs> got superannuations <laughs> all oh, the quake extra percentage to my superannuation i'll spend it on quake oh, <laughs> take out my turn deposit a month fuck. early and fuck the real core quake crew fuck they'd be old now the yeah, original would. market fucking fan base that you're going towards and it's, it's such a shame to be carried on a stick to by all these companies who go we're going to re- revitalize one of your favorite franchises from the 90s and and they just see them completely eviscerate it with yeah, this shit some they the go hey you want it now alive pay you for it and you just freaking <laughs> pay me and you're like fuck you know mm, right, well, what's next gamers nowadays who don't know what quake was <laughs> right, yeah, a lot man a, a lot that wouldn't some of them yeah. don't even know what, they wouldn't even know what arena shooters are they wouldn't mm. have had the pleasure of a real arena shooter you know the closest thing so they, yeah the closest yeah. thing they could somewhat attribute that to is like a destiny or a halo is to get mm. a feel of it but to the, the true arena Overwatch, man that's the that's the closest they'd be getting now well that too man yeah but that you don't have weapons on that one i'm thinking something no, with true. weapon control and shit yeah true 
But yeah, in that regard, exactly. It, again, it, it, that's the closest games that you could probably say this is a some. This is kind of what it's like, but it's not like this. So, yeah. <laughs> arena shooters yeah, are insane. It'll, it, it'll be interesting to see how um, Unreal Tournament does. I hope well. I hope I hope a better effort than uh, Bethesda has put in here. And it's kind of sad to say that because the game is actually great. Um, yeah, and, and we and we miss. Sucks. I miss. It just, I didn't realize how much I missed arena shooters, regardless Me of skill either. level. I, I didn't think I would be as into this as I have been. I played um, it and I just loved the intensity. I was just like, there's nothing out here that gives you this rush of adrenaline playing a game like this. Yeah, it's so, so fast, huh? Pressing so much shift fun. with Reinhardt it's... into six people. <laughs> <laughs> that gives you a rush, man. <laughs> it's worth it! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was worth it. Off the edge. He is good like that. He is good. shifting into a... So look, um, I'll I'll take that opportunity to wrap up talking about Quake Champions because I think we've dumped on it enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you guys did, if you guys, if you guys did play it, um, and and you know, with all our games, let us know what you think. Maybe maybe we are being too brutal on it. Um, but now we're going to go to. Deadshot 2 with Cam, Injustice 2 with Cam. Um, Cam, Injustice. tell us about De right. Deadshot 2. Before we get into the competitive stuff and the stuff you guys, we've all looked at online and watched the streams and all, let's start with... I'm going to start with the story mode in this. This is how you do a fucking story mode. Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, Street Fighter Five. take notes. This is how you do it. It was insane. It was just so well integrated into the game. You start what? off, it... What's this? Is there, is there a way you can uh, explain the story without spoilers, perhaps? Or at least the beginning of it? Because I, I'm, I'm interested in this because all the reviews are talking about the story mode. Yeah. Okay, so... What's the context? I'll explain the... Con I'll give you a rough context, but then I'll, I'm going to tell you how it, they actually do it, how they execute it in the games. So the story roughly is, I don't know if you guys, do you guys know the, spoiler alert just for anyone out there just in case, but do you guys know the Injustice storyline of DC Comics? Uh, no, okay, I don't. So, I, I only know, I only know uh, from the first game. That's it, right. nothing more. Well, we've played the first game, then you'll know. Um, essentially, the Joker tricks, and I think this this is what veers into the Killing Joke storyline as well, is super, uh, the Joker tricks Superman into killing Lois. And then Superman gets so pissed that he kills the Joker. And then after that, he comes to this realization that evil needs to be purged from the world. So basically Superman becomes like, you know, a renegade type of rogue thing. Starts, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hardcore as. And he creates, <clears throat> he creates um, a, t a team called the Regime. So he recruits some of the DC heroes uh, who join his uh, crusade to actually vanquish um kill villains. evil not just lock literally it up. kill him yeah obviously yeah. batman's on the opposite side so it's like a civil war type of thing yeah. batman, batman is against yeah. yeah against killing and it's that's it. yeah so essentially it's the hero's head to head it's a, your civil war type of thing it's mm -hmm. um massive so what happens in injustice 2 is the story picks up that you know superman's already been defeated and all that from the first game and it so picks up from there. dc civil war <laughs> pretty much it, it's, it's like yeah it's a big big freaking yeah it's huge i think it might Unintended. be i think it's executed well than marvels in terms of the story dc actually do really really good story 
so yeah, the way do. they execute it they do it a better they give it make it more i think like more realistic in, mm. in how it's how it's done it's got more dynamics marvel and- fanboys <clears throat> are gonna shred this episode thanks cam thank you oh, i should have been wearing my marvel shirt but um <laughs> yeah so uh we, we you kick this one off and superman's in prison and whatnot and then you've got like wonder woman and all trying to break him out and then you're with batman who's trying to look you know at the same time deal with all the evil that's happening and stuff but it's at the same time fucking handcuffs yeah yeah it's a, it's a red sun prison so he's in this prison with the red sun generators around him, which diminishes his power. Mm. Um, yep. That way he can't just bust out. So he's literally just in a normal prison, but those generators are what stops him from being able to break yeah. out. It's super power, yeah. Exactly. Um, so it picks up from there and uh, the story is dealing with that. And then you guys would have already seen this if anyone's watched any trailer. Brainiac comes to Earth and yep. obviously tries to assimilate and take over Earth or and vanqu- like basically steal it he loves just collecting and researching shit so between all that it creates a story of okay superman wants to help but at the same time batman doesn't think it's worth releasing him and you go through this whole thing you know obviously superman very early at right at the start gets out and they and then it goes off there like it's almost like you've got two teams with two different ideologies and then they're trying to um take out brainiac and what is plans so they have to work together at points and all that that's the context of the story plays out quite well it's um you know it's a typical story typical ending and all that but the way it's executed really gives you like insight into the events occurring throughout it and how it leads up to all that which is really cool so how they do it is if anyone's played Mortal Kombat uh 10 or x you would know exactly what they what they're doing they're doing the same type of thing it's just cinematic so you start off the game kicks you into a cinematic and it might be uh it started with batman let's say um and batman's with robin in the in the the bat bat jet he's flying around and then he's, <laughs> <laughs> the bat jet he's flying around and shit and he comes down to the surface of, of gotham and cyborgs there and and then they get into an argument and then over uh you know superman whether they should let him out or not and all this shit and then um it just straight away cuts right in into a, a match and it's just like so seamless how it just cuts in because the loading times are really low so you don't even realize it's loading because it's loading in the background during the cinematic and just bang yeah. kicks you into the match just you got to fight him kicks you in. yeah yeah you beat him and as soon as you beat him boom back into the cinematic story mode again so it's like an interactive story it's pretty much just a big interactive cinematic the whole <laughs> story it goes for about it took me about four hours to clock the whole thing four five hours to clock the story mode which is pretty decent Tell-tale. for a fighter yeah exactly it's pretty <laughs> decent for a fighter except you had it was more than just quick time actions you're actually fighting them you know yeah what's really good about it for a fighter is you get to try all the characters out while you're going through story so not only are you getting this context you give characters are given reason they're given um resolve but you're also getting to try out all the move sets you're getting to feel oh which character you like there are yeah. points in the story where two characters so it's was, a really really cool way to to kind of drag you through all the heroes yeah, and, and takes you and right get through to, the roster get to have a taste of everything it's a such a cool way to do it yeah you don't get to play everyone and mainly a lot of the villains um but you do come up against all of them so you do engage with the whole roster and you do play a majority of the roster through it there are points of the story where you choose between two so green arrow and diner or black canary uh are together yeah. at some point and then you got to choose between which one you want to use against them 
And I think there's a total of 75 unique fights in the story from what I've seen. Um, so you can go back at the end and then do the fights with the other character that you didn't choose. And that allows you to complete the whole story. The cool thing at the end of the story is it forks off. So you get to the end of the story and you actually choose whether you go with Superman's story or you go with Batman's story. And yep. it actually gives you a completely different um, endings depending on that. And I That's haven't done it yet, but you can actually complete all of that, do both alternate endings. And that's how you complete the whole game completely. Yeah. So um, I love that. I love that. I felt like just even playing the story was enough for me. Like yeah, I, that, I was, I, it's I got my cool, money It's a cool thing to be able to get out of a fighting game now because it's not like all of the fighting games have had um, terrific stories historically. Um, it, even that is kind of a rare thing. But really, to get more uh, value out of a game through a single player before you touch the multiplayer, which is where they tend to end up now, is mm -hmm. that's a pretty, pretty good, pretty rare thing. It is. It, it's great. And you know, your original fighters, uh, like Marty, you would know this hands down. Street Fighter Two and all that. What did you do? You used to arcade fighters. mode. Exactly. Arcade yeah. mode. You finish it with the character. You get a bit of his story. You know, you finished it with like uh, Terry, King of Fighters, bang, you get a bit of his story. Then you play through again as like Raya or something, bang, you get a bit of his story, you know? And like, it just didn't feel, it didn't connect. It just was like, oh, you just got bits and pieces here. But this one completely fleshes out the whole context of the um, the story. See, the confusing thing with Street Fighter is Street Fighter Five, in the lore actually falls before Street Fighter Four. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 yeah, it's not, it's Street Fighter 4, 5, well, it's not after Street Fighter 4, it's before it. That, you look at the story. That's good because of the type of fan base it has. If you look at the Metal Gear Solids, they did that as well. They've jumped just fucking back and forth all over the joint in the Metal Gear Solid series. Hmm. Um, and some people would play through them or look at them not understand that but the hardcore fan base absolutely do exactly the hardcore fan base will know but if you play through and obviously this is a time thing but if you play through like street fighter 2 and street fighter 3 and all that the way the story modes or the arcade mode is structured back there where you just get drops of the um information you don't know where they all fit in and there's a shitload of street fighter games you got alpha you got x you got all that stuff so having these modes allows you to easily see the injustice flowing to injustice 2 and um, whatnot and even with the mortal kombat series how that's just flowing on because of they're doing this cinematic thing so i think nether realms have really nailed a really fine way of telling stories in a fighter which has never been tapped into before and i think that's a massive achievement i think it's awesome that fighters and now can be brought up to that cinematic storytelling level and not just be told here's a couple of characters on roster bash each other's heads in we'll tell you a little bit of story and that's it it's all mm. about the fighting. Yeah, okay. So how many heroes in the roster and how many can you unlock? Oh, so it, you start, um, you can only unlock one and that's Brainiac by finishing the game. Mm -hmm. Dark side, you can purchase for $8 Australian. <laughs> and everyone else is unlocked from the beginning. Um, the unlocks no, like, <laughs> oh, it's probably spoilers if we talk about hidden heroes. That you have to go like no, there's dlc here there's dlc heroes nine of them that are coming out and uh they've revealed three of them well they have revealed three of them to us but people have sifted through and figured out what the other six are um so they released a, a dlc preview recently and sub-zero cersei and red hood are going to be the three that are coming out in the first pack um but then they showed the silhouettes of the other of the other six 
and people are speculating. One is definitely Raiden, you can tell. Um, so obviously they're going to mix more combat characters in, being the same company. Um, cross-pollinate, freaking Blizzard style. There's also, people are speculating Spawn might be in it because they have, oh, yeah. they managed to, yeah, um, put Spawn was in Mortal Kombat X. So that would be really cool, just having a character like that in for the fun of it. Just to have um, Kate though. One of them, which uh, actually, this is more like a bigger DC thing, is Watchmen. Um, Doctor Manhattan looks like he'll be one of the characters, and this Dr. is like, Manhattan. yeah, this is leading back to um, to DC now integrating Watchmen into the DC universe. Yeah. So I think that's like a bigger thing that they're trying to do there, and the other ones, yeah, they're tricky. Some people speculated who they might be and and whatnot, but not hundred percent sure it's just yeah just all speculation at this point there are some characters i'd hope that they'd bring in like um so if you look at the silhouette i think there was like um who was it that i was hoping to see yeah i think mainly for me it was like spawn and stuff would be sick it's if sad you... that the it's sad to me that the answer to marty's question there was exactly the answer i was expecting but not the answer i wanted by any stretch you, you know your fighter games of old you play through the story and uh do something in a particular way or just for beating it you would get some new characters but you can mm. pretty much blow that out your ass now why would we why would we put that in there when we can just sell it for eight dollars i know i know i mean i yeah. miss the days of unlocking characters i used to love when you'd have to do harder things like maybe finish the game without losing at all a single round Who's and then you unlock it? someone. Bane is isn't Bane is in it, yes. So you got a pretty you got a pretty decent roster, like the characters that are in the game. Which is really, really good. Like Supergirl's in it, um, who was I don't think it was in Injustice One. You got your typical like Wonder Woman, your Flash, you got your Harley Quinn, Superman of course, Batman of course, Robin, uh Spectre, I, Scarecrow. Yeah, you got you got Scarecrow in it, Poison Ivy, Captain Cold. And what's really, uh, Green Lantern, Dr. Fate. And what's really cool is some of the characters actually have a shader, but the shader is a complete reskin. So for example, I could get Hal Jordan, uh, Green Lantern, and then use the shader. And there's a there's a John Stewart shader. So he actually becomes John Stewart or for the flash, you can get a reverse flash shader and he actually changes completely into reverse flash. It's not just John a color Stewart swap. Off the nightly show. Yeah. <laughs> well he is now mate <laughs> um i think people are speculating constantine might be a dlc character too which what about really alfred cool. of course of course <laughs> can you play alfred just throw plates at people. <laughs> just throw plates and discipline at people <laughs> here are your keys sir <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah who knows uh who knows it, it's good in that regard the, the nice thing is is there is a bit of end game content it's similar again to mortal kombat x with um its towers the different living towers they called it in that in this one they've called it the multiverse um and what happens is you go into the multiverse you have different planets uh, and they have different situations happening on them so you get to choose one and then you'll have fights with conditions you know like if you use a super move you're going to take damage or there'll be fights and they have levels as well so your characters can level up you can acquire gear this gear and all that only applies to the multiverse mode it, it's just like a way of having like that's that's pretty damn cool though the gear is great because the gear 
not only augments your character, which allows you to attempt harder content, but it actually changes your character's look. So you actually have five slots on your character. You can change the equipment and create your own version of Superman. So combining that with the shaders, which is just color swapping, you get to create your own version of Superman, how you want him to look, which is really awesome. And the shaders you, are paid though, right? You can unlock them in game, but there is a currency that you have to use. And I think that currency has to be purchased. Yeah, which so, is really, you're really bullshit. I did, I did get, I did end up start with some currency, but um, I can't remember if I got that from finishing the game or not. I, so if there is points where you do get that currency, but it's probably just drip, dribbled out, like trickled out to you. It's probably sounding a bit narky at this point, but it's the you're same. You're paying shit. for shaders, man. You're paying for shaders. You're paying like, for colors. You're paying for, even destiny didn't go that low come on yeah it's it's <laughs> it's it's fucked man it's it's fucked up i'm not um, that extra dollar out here yeah I'm i will say i'm not, not into it at all <clears throat> yeah i don't i agree with you i will say though that the equipment thing is really cool i'd love in street fighter for example to be able to customize my can and have him look how i want not just have like a costume but actually change like i want his hair to look like this i want his his um shirt or this and that change it and then have my own version of him. i love that feeling that if you're going to dedicate that many hours to a fighter a, a fighter is so is literally you standing there fighting someone else you know it's the same content over and over again constantly while you're refining your skill what's yeah. there to feel like your the character you're playing is your version of like superman you can also do that cosmetically instead of just your skill set of moves that you use yeah and i think that's great i like that part of it overall look at the end of the day i always this is how i always um how i always assess a game is do i think it was worth the money i got my money's worth out of this game i did so i would say if you're a dc fan and you love fighters hands down this is a game you have to you have to play yeah okay well i Beyond i mean that, yeah, it's... <laughs> it's another conversation yeah i i want to play it it's meant to be great um it looks great oh it looks yeah it looks incredible unreal tournament for engine for the one i don't know man maybe i'm becoming more jaded the more time goes on but when a game asks me to pay for things like shaders mm -hmm. i can't help but look at it negatively i really can't i like it, it completely even removes my ability to look at the the review there that says this is a great fighter because i'm like yeah yep it is a great fighter that's all well and good but why am i rewarding this company with my money when they want to charge me for a fucking costume color well it's because it like we spent time creating the shader and the colors and we need to be compensated for that because it was outside the original <laughs> scope of the game yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah it's it's crazy at what point are you paying money and getting the full game anymore like okay exactly. it costs you cost you money how about instead of charging it dlc just increase the game by you know one dollar or fucking 50 cents across every copy you think you're gonna sell and mm -hmm. do it like that the dlc thing the dlc thing is, is a point, pain in the ass and i'm sick of this a, this trend where a game is announced and five minutes after the game's announced dlc is announced and it's like can you actually like make sure the game actually works <coughs> destiny <coughs> before you actually start talking about your fucking dlc we, yeah, we will, in the future, in a future episode of these podcasts, we will have a talk about Total Warhammer and Total Warhammer 2 for that exact reason. Which leads me beyond injustice into something that touches on that type of model, Destiny, Destiny 2. 
Destiny 2, do you want to kick this one off again? I mean, Destiny is kind of uh, probably your baby closer to being than I'll, I'll kick else's. it off, but this is one that I hopefully you two will actually get into this game when it comes out. And I hope that they don't do any bullshit to bar you from that. But Destiny oh, yeah. 2, for all those guys listening who, have, who didn't know, Destiny 2's gameplay was revealed finally on Friday. They had a big event to release that and show everyone and talk about what was in Destiny. The problem with Destiny 2 is it's a glorified expansion to me. That's what it looks like. That's what it feels like. It's a glorified expansion. I can understand from a technical perspective why they had to go this route, why they've had to essentially separate this from Destiny 1 because it's probably something that you couldn't just patch in. But in the grand scheme of things, and this is something you could both relate to, it's like going from vanilla WoW to the BC WoW. You know, when you went to version 2.0, when BC dropped and the yep. games did significantly change fundamentally, that's what yep. this is. It's a fundamental change on the core game, but we still have the same engine. We still have the same base mechanics. It's just a fundamental change across the board. So that's why it's a bit of a like a, is this going to be the new trend in games now? Because this isn't the only game that's pulling this shit. It's just the more obvious one where games expansions or what should be like a ma an expansion is actually being completely shipped out as a sequel total war 2 well, yeah exactly. i mean that that's that's why i said earlier that you know we we there we could have a discussion about this in the future but mm. i can't I, i'm trying to think of games where that's been a real big issue and i guess you don't see it really with anything up until obviously now and before that mmos but what I'm worried about is this will become the next trend because DLCs, they started that shit and now that's a problem. And this could be the next one that's shadowing that crap. You know, well, you see the, that really what, what destiny two is to some degree, I'm not going to say it is wholly because they are bringing it to another platform and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But really what destiny two is, um, and what total Warhammer two is, is, what people thought dlc would be when we first spoke about it when developers first started going guys we're going to stop selling expansions i'm going to start selling dlc and your expansions will come as dlc this is really what we thought it would be we exactly. thought what what destiny 2 is what total warhammer 2 is this yep. is an expansion this is yep i'll pay you know not the 80 dollars or whatever it was at the time you know maybe mm -hmm. i'll pay 50 or so and you know it's the same same game really that i paid for but with these new contents so yeah. uh it, this, this is beyond dlc i guess is, is what i'm saying is. this is beyond that problem so let's disregard let's give them the benefit of the doubt with the uh expansion glorified expansion sequel and we'll go beyond that so destiny 2 is um they've changed up the, the the gun system a bit they've changed how that works but it's still the same core gunplay it's still the same core mechanics it's still the same story carrying on from or destiny 1 uh, as you'd expect it's a sequel in that regard what does it do that's new so they're adding in four new planets something that we've been screaming for for so long but what i'm worried about is the four planets from destiny 1 are they still in it or are they gone that's a question I don't know the answer to. I can't find the answer to. That's something that worries me because Destiny's trying to be built up to be like a what they call a quasi MMO. So kind of like your Wars One, where it was instanced uh, content as opposed to an MMO like World of Warcraft, where it's actually an open world that you run around. And um, if you're going to build a world like that, you can't just cut content off 
out of it like just remove it you know what i mean like you go oh yeah this content's good let's just can that here's the sequel and it's the yeah. same game but we're going to remove half of it and then tell you we've created more content again it's like this is just yeah. glorified dlc yeah you know it's like this is like four dlcs in one so we're shipping it out as a uh, and a separate title that, that's where I'm like in between with it. Um, the good points is they have listened to the community and they have fixed a lot of problems, which is great for new players. If you guys were coming into Destiny 2 as opposed to Destiny 1, it will be so much smoother. It will make so much sense for you. You'll get so much more worth out of it than you would have if you played Destiny 1. So many things have been addressed and so many things have been listened to. Um, in that regard, I, I, I'd love to have seen this with Fresh Eyes. And I think it, to someone who hasn't played Destiny 1 at all, it actually does look like a really good game. It, it at destiny one i sunk a lot of hours into it as much as the grievances i had there was a lot of good that came out of it i got more than my money's worth out of that game hands down yeah, and yeah, i i could even say i got I, I got my worth out of it and i didn't play it that hard which is obviously why you know there i, I spoke early about wanting to mm. play destiny 2 and there's always been that allure mm. um but uh, i guess i'll crap on you know destiny 2 a, a bit closer <laughs> to it releasing so from what we've seen with the new planets and there's new classes another problem of mine is that they're removing a subclass to add the new subclass and that's what i remember mentioning to you guys and which is a really weird design choice right that's crazy it's a crazy design choice like, actually. I, I, sorry and they haven't commented on it, but what irritated me is um for the class i play the titan they're removing guardian and they're adding sentinel now guardian was a very defensive spec and your superpower for that one was to open a massive bubble around you that was basically invulnerable to any damage at all which was great you know in pbe that worked really well you'd always wanted guardian uh titan running around with you in that regard um mm. it would you could also augment it to buff you or give you extra armor or whatever there were so many things you could do with it that's being replaced re replaced by the sentinel spec which still uses void damage. So they've got three damage types in Destiny. It still uses void damage, but you throw a shield like Captain America now. So I've lost, <laughs> you've lost, I've yeah. lost my defensive play, which is very like weird. Yeah. I'm like, I, where, I want my bubble. Like I've oh, got, I've got, I, I want ah. my bubble. I, 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 yeah, I've got specs that are offensive. I've got Striker, which is your melee spec. I've got Sunbreaker, which is the one where you throw hammers from a distance at them that explode. That's great. It's a, it's a crazy, yeah, it's a crazy design choice, man. I, c can you think of any other, any other game? Um, okay, let's just talk about WoW, right? Can, yeah. can you imagine they just roll in, they go, actually, um, Arms Warrior was cool, but now you've got, I don't know, uh, got weapon master warrior, warrior. <laughs> yeah who, like whatever it doesn't matter what they just rolled in said yeah you don't have this anymore you've got this yeah, now you've got the blade and master warrior and well, welcome, little, to, little <laughs> welcome to wow too you don't have arms warrior anymore you have something else like yeah, just we're just going to remove it and it plays completely different and you're like why did you remove arms it was great yeah. Well, like yeah. i'm happy to accept your new spec but i want arms back <laughs> give me my arms yeah, back it's just a straight up why like yeah why would you why would you do it what why would you remove possess yeah what what possessed you to do that why exactly. what and again you can see the frustration in in how i would feel like so again we're removing content to add content so are we really getting new stuff or are we just having stuff replaced like it doesn't feel 
it doesn't feel no, worth do, it, it, does it? It doesn't feel worth it at all because it isn't worth it. That's, it's very I, I frustrating. Think, yeah, it's that. That's really the point you make when you start um, analyzing it. And in that regard, it, it's like, well, have you really learned from your mistakes in the past, or yeah, is this just corporate direction? It, it's it's like that because you there's not really an excuse for it at this point, right? It, it's not it's not like someone in their position talking about Bungie, it's not like they could possibly be on the other end of that desk and not understand why people would be upset with lo mm. uh, losing the, the years they spent on learning that particular subclass in Destiny 1, thinking that this was Destiny, the 10-year project, you know, this epic, yep. <laughs> meant to be an FPS MMO, um, really, they pitched it kind of what Star Citizen and its modules will end up being or what EVE and its modules were, you know? Um, and uh, I, I can't remember the name of the FPS they had playing there on PlayStation. What was it that synced in with EVE? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, um, Planetside. No, no, not Planetside. You sure? You're pretty sure it was Planetside. Maybe. If it is, then whatever. I if it is, then it's or the one I'm talking one about. That synced in with Eve. I'm I'm pretty sure it was its own standalone thing. Then died anyway. Look, okay. the, the idea is that um, you know that it's this multi-layered MMO, this really massive universe. Um, that's how they originally pitched Destiny Two. I don't think anyone really expected it to be as instanced um, as as it is. Hmm. And when you take that away, you crush it up and kind of shovel it out as. You know, this is Destiny Two, Part Two of the Ten Year Project. That feels Instagram. horrible. Yeah, yeah that, that feels it's really like if, bad. It's like how you would feel if you were given the Burning Crusade, and Vanilla was removed from the game, so you only played an Outland. That, that's the best way I can describe the feeling <laughs> of this to you, to someone who hasn't played Destiny One. It's that's a, what it's, it is. It's a pretty hardcore yeah, transition, that. but yeah. Imagine that, Marty, just being given Burning Crusade and then told all your vanilla stuff's gone. You can't go back to Azeroth. You just live in Outland now. That's it. Six zones. It's new content. It's new content, though, but it's six zones and everything else is gone. And you're you're just going to play here. That's it. This is your new sandpit. Yeah. But, <laughs> it would be so frustrating. But so, yeah, I it's questionable. They have... What I like is that they have listened to the community, so they are addressing problems and they've brought in so many new planets and stuff instead of just new zones so people are really excited about going and visiting places like titan which is you know a, a, an actual moon that exists in real life and they, they they're going with yeah they're going with the um yeah jupiter's moon and they're going with the methane ocean so you're going to have a ocean of farts basically you're going to have all these structures on top of that um it's just i love that that's what destiny that was the fantasy of destiny going oh my god i can't wait to see how they bring these planets that we know about in our solar system to life and allowing us to actually virtually travel there and they're trying to be somewhat true to the source of it you know but there's so many times they shout on us <laughs> i feel it. i feel like that's where bungie has let themselves down and let destiny down as a game because they have this opportunity to really break open the fourth wall and do it well um but the moves that they're making for destiny 2 despite the fact that they're bringing it to pc properly doesn't look mm -hmm. like it's a port based on the options they're presenting um they're expanding the platforms they've got what three different platforms playing this now more yeah. do the, no, the three. 360 and ps3 play it no it's just no, not anymore yeah they stopped so supporting that. they've got they've got three platforms playing it they've got a potential to break this fourth wall 
Um, they had a potential here to add more classes and more subclasses and more individuality and customization to this game. And they're really squandering it. And I don't understand how, because this is a concept that when you look at on paper and you think about the money of ActiBliz and you think about Bungie, um, you know, uh, putting Destiny 2 onto Battle.net and how many people will see it and how well this will sell, I feel like there's not enough effort being put on the back end to combine Destiny One and Two and expand mm -hmm. on them as games. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't see, I don't see any justification in how you can sell Destiny Two in what is ultimately, as we said multiple times, looking like really a DLC or an expansion, and go, yeah, this is a legitimate successor to our ten-year project, the MMO you guys wanted. No. I. It, the thing is, no one else is challenging them for it either. The no. closest would have been Planet Side Two. Nothing's challenging them this in this arena tribes now. Like, still exist. yeah, tri yeah, tribes. <laughs> yeah, um, that like you're talking about those kind of games. That's ultimately what Destiny is is a yeah. successor to. So I don't, especially when they're going to release on PC and have um, be completely unburdened the big, in the that market. The biggest comparison to Destiny or the biggest competitor would probably be Division now. The Division. And even then, they're not even close. Like, I, nah. I feel like that's a landslide win by Destiny. <laughs> so where is the effort? Like, in an exactly. uncharted market, you're launching this onto PC. There's really nothing else like it around. Where is the effort from Bungie here and ActiBliss to really smash this out of the park? It's like they're more worried about hitting timeline goals than actually delivering quality content. And that's what the yeah. frustrating thing is. Like, I would have been happy for them to have waited and released Destiny now, Destiny 1 now, and not have played it all those years ago if it was going to be exactly what we were expecting, what we were promised. You know, all the lies and all that told. And this is getting back to Destiny 1. But there was so much bullshit that we were told and that just didn't appear in the game oh you get to get these amazing spaceships and you get to control them flying through space no what's a fucking spaceship they're loading screens yeah it's it it, it is again it's one of those they're cases. loading screens you yeah, get to choose what ship it. you see on your loading screen that's what the freaking ships are there was all this bullshit about being able to explore outside the tower and around in the in the area and there was this cinematic storytelling and stuff and they even showed cinematics that never made it into the game. They talked about planets that never made it into the game. They talked about Europa. They had concept art for Europa, this snow-covered planet that is a moon off off Saturn. Never ever got to go to it. Never. It doesn't even exist. Well, it's like, what the hell happened to that? Where's Europa? What did we yeah. get? We got an expansion called the Taken King, where we got kicked in the ass and gave it got given a shitty ship that sits outside Saturn instead of actually getting like to go to Saturn or something like that. Like it just sits outside, Sam. It is. It's bullshit yeah. because yeah. Right? they started trying to get so DLC. caught up in the lore <laughs> of Destiny that they forgot what was the initial attraction. The attraction of Destiny was this this awesome idea that we got to explore the solar system. That's what like Destiny in a nutshell. You went, we get to explore the solar system. We get to shoot and we get to run around with these guns and with these characters and just that that was that was the driving factor. And they completely forgot that along the way. And they just started dropping all this shit content. And they started going, oh yeah, but it's story and it's this and that. It's like, we want like the essence of what you sold us initially. And it's, that, it's like you guys have forgotten it. That's what that's what confuses me. Because I think really for, for what Destiny promised and where it ended up and how well it ended up doing, I, I think they actually did then put a lot of effort into getting the game back to where it needed to be. And mm. like you said yourself, there are a lot of people that 
um, despite the fact that the game wasn't what was, you know, sold um, in the mm. press conferences and stuff. A lot of people got a lot of value out of Destiny. There's a lot of people that are really hyped for Destiny 2 because of that. So that's where it really loses me on how there's not a, a momentum to build this game instead of just offer a more polished version of number one. Yeah. The, the, this needs something. This is meant to be a 10-year giant project, like a huge MMO. This what they've offered at two is good looks very clean looks very polished um everyone's hyped for it to come to pc but there's there's not enough meat mate this is just this is just wet pasta we need mm -hmm. some meat here i agree the, the one thing <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that i um i will give this one a shot and i do hope that they've learned from the mistakes and what destiny 2 is is the platform that will deliver us that 10-year plan that they are setting this up in a way that they can just constantly add to this one over time and we're not going to lose content and shit like that along the way we are going to get a completely built up um story over time over and they're not going to have to go oh we got to change this we got to change that here's destiny 3 none of that shit i don't want to see a destiny 3 i want to see destiny 2 drop expansions for it and drop some yep. content patches for free like holy shit that shit works for diablo i have not paid any money towards diablo since the the expansion and the original game well that's all about to change pal with a paid for <laughs> class so let's not even touch on that right but now for the what's the life cycle so far like we're like six years into diablo not, five years five not years, five long years. enough that you can start five charging years. for classes where are the content patches just yeah just Blizzard. in general i mean Where are the bungee one I, mean, I will say everyone at Acti after reading up on it i will say it is a smart move by them being able to leverage blizzard's platform of course it's fucking yeah which is you, great you, look at even though people... marty identified that they're probably probably welcoming it with their teeth clenched <laughs> mm. maybe depends what, look. <laughs> depends what percentage their studios make off of doing it right i mean that that's just a straight up we have all these people playing diablo starcraft hearthstone um wow yeah, uh wow overwatch like subscriber base the biggest mmo on the planet is going well, to be is going to get exposed to this game that is huge well, fucking not, not even just WoW, man. You have WoW, the biggest MMO, and you have Overwatch. You have both of those contents of audiences <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. that have to load that launcher. And then they say, whoa, this is an MMO and an FPS. It's a brilliant move by them. It it's is. absolutely timeless. It'll do wonders for them to do that. They just need to give it the... I'm not going to say the Blizzard Touch because I don't think the Blizzard Touch <laughs> has, any, any, has any warrant like it used to. But they need to give it... They need to keep that level of... Um, keep that level of quality coming out they can't let it dip below they have to at least match blizzard's quality if they want to be running like alongside them like this a hundred percent that this that's game has thing. the potential to do that it has the potential the the, the core gameplay is freaking amazing the gunplay is freaking awesome it feels so good i think it'll put the onus on bungie a bit as well um yep. because you will have that you know that these are the kind of things we're pumping out for our games on the platform what's destiny doing i think it'll kind of put the onus on them a bit i but hope there is some crossover as well like in crossover in the sense that there is uh un untapped knowledge between the two companies that like bungie can learn from what blizzard has learned over, yeah, over owning a, a, a mmo for 10 years you know i can't wait to see the traveler in heroes of the storm <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. laughs> just an orb flying around the whole map 
imagine the guy who has to create that character his job's piss easy he just creates a circle and he just paints it white and goes here yeah, i'm done yeah <laughs> i've just dragged this out yeah. for this week's fortnightly pack yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it the traveler in heroes of the storm that is going to be ridiculous that'll be so that, funny that's that's what it that's <laughs> what it looks like to me <laughs> But um, at the end of the day, you know, I'm still going to give Destiny a shot only because number one, it did improve and it, they did, it did look like it was getting better. So maybe this is what we need as much as we think we want something else. Maybe this is what we need. We needed that hard reset and they're going to create a platform that they can actually expand on really, really well. And we'll get that 10 year plan that we were promised. And we'll get that 10 year experience and story and we'll get a whole new universe and lore that we can sink our teeth into. And it'll be a successful FPS quasi MMO or whatever you want to call it. That just yeah. can't be touched. I mean, d don't get me wrong. I, I would um, really like to see this take off and do well because I think uh, especially what was originally promised by Bungie, that version of Destiny um, is a game that I not only just wanted but i think we needed as well and star citizen and things like that show it right it, sh yeah. it shows that people are hungry for it um my intention is still to play it i you know there's still a lot of things i want to see picked up but like you i had a really good time with destiny on uh on xbox one so uh, yeah it's definitely my plan to to play it mm. on pc whenever it does release whenever they drop some more info on that the one thing I can say for Destiny that I'm looking forward to is I've never had a social experience like I had with WoW until I played Destiny again. Having that social interaction and, you know, getting in there and, and completing content together and feeling that virtual existence was well, great. Out, out of interest, what year wow are we talking because when i think back to vanilla wow no game has ever had the community like that no i'm not even i'm not worried about the i'm not thinking about the community i would say like my prime of wow which was wow uh, vanilla through to wrath of the lich king when i say interaction i'm talking about the fact that i get to jump on with friends um it was easy for a friend to pick up the game at the uh, at some point and then do content with me Whereas you, you can't almost like you struggle with that with other games nowadays, whereas Destiny kind of yeah. held people in well, where how WoW did. And that's what I'm looking forward to. What I did seem to manage to have with the original Destiny, and I'm hoping with this one, when you guys get on board and whatnot, that we have like a crew that we run with. And then you walk away from the game going, I had a great time. Like just to have that, I had a great time with my mates. Mm. Yeah, I think it's it's a delivery that's almost unique to mmos or mm. at, at some point um i can definitely agree with you there that yeah that's that you know that's the experience i want but in fairness it's the experience i want from every multiplayer game of course um, it's, it's just that destiny is an isn't an exception here I, d I definitely want it there it's it's i understand what you're saying it's almost more prevalent in your in your mmos you expect yeah. it because more you're, you're pretty you got active progression you know like yeah how do you track progression in counter-strike when mm -hmm. you're playing with friends as opposed to playing destiny it's so easy to track progression i've cleared this content you know but you might be playing counter-strike you get better but you don't have some bar saying you and your friends completed all this so you're better you're this that that you know so i yeah. think that's maybe why what you're saying yeah it definitely is something unique to mmos um so yeah destiny just allowed me to ignite that social
um, interaction again, and that was great. And I'm looking forward to that with the second one. You and a lot of other people, most likely. Well, looking forward to it. What do, do you, you think? Do you actually, yeah, do you plan to play it, Marty? Do you have interest in playing it, I should ask? I'll definitely fucking keep a close eye on it over the next few months. Yeah, Marty Marty holds his cards a bit closer when it comes to things like that, which is <laughs> honestly more He does, more and then he, he do. then he slips out a freaking three of clubs out of nowhere when he just picks up some random indie game and just sinks like half a week into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he holds it's, his cards close to his chest, but one will slip out out of nowhere. And he's so like, fuck it, I'll run with that guy. We've got him playing CS now, so that's all over. That's all, that's all done. It's the that's next awesome, 10,000 hours cooked. Yeah. Oh, well, cool. at least you aim ready for destiny. <laughs> <laughs> or lack thereof. <laughs> that's it. Exactly. No, but that's good. So I think we'll leave it there, boys. I think that's it for that's episode it. 11. She's 11 already. It is 11 already. Um, well, I guess that's it then. Thanks for joining us. Aaron 40 in. Yeah. We will see you next time. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Catch you later. Thank you, people.